Welcome back, guys, to another week of Autastic, your comedian's guide to autism. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Kirk Smith, and my co-host and buddy... Graham K. Welcome back to another episode. It's been a little while because our intrepid friend, Kirky Smith, is um, not just at sea <laughs> i'm not at sea at all <laughs> he, he he got on a boat and the darn thing sailed all the way to australia and they dropped him off in australia and now he's down under um it's dark here it's sunny there what's Beautiful going under. on it's humid How i'm in is sydney humid it's humid in sydney i, I did not know that yeah, it's very um, Hong Kongish. Yeah, it's like humid. And last week I was know in that either. It was in I was in the Gold Coast and a little bit in Brisbane. Uh, that's where I, I got on and got off that ship. And then I uh, did a week on the ship, and then shows in Gold Coast all week. And then this week, all week, I am at the Comedy Store, uh, Australia, one of the one of the best clubs in Australia, I'd argue. And nice. um, and then yeah, and then I've got uh, another week in Perth. It's your chance to see me, guys. I come out here. Once I'm, I'd like to come once a year, but it's been five years, four years. So if you're bored, long. yeah, because COVID, man, COVID knocked oh. me up. Speaking of knocking, you know what I realized out. today? Go ahead. And it was sobering. It shook Tell me on. to my very core, Kirk. <laughs> you sound like a BuzzFeed article, but continue. <laughs> COVID was four <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah. What the? What? <laughs> yep. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. That was that long ago? I'm still using it as an excuse. <laughs> well, you got but you got new excuses. We're, we're kind of burying the lead here. You've had open yeah, I'd have surgery. a Netflix special, but uh, COVID. It's half a decade ago. Oh god. <laughs> I got to write more. Um <laughs> Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a hip surgery. Um, uh, a week ago, no, almost two weeks ago, week and a half ago, and um, I did not get a replacement, Kirk. A lot of people are going, ooh, a replacement. My aunt was back and walking within four days. Well, this is not a replacement, okay? They don't normally do this surgery to people over 40. They normally just do a replacement to people over 40. But my doctor, even though I'm 42, my doctor said that I am biologically young, Oh, man, he hasn't played basketball against you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm a bit of a turnstile on D, as they say. Um, <laughs> Waving yeah. people through. Get in there. Get yep. in there. Score some laps, yep. buddy. Get in there. Have fun. Get in there, kids. <laughs> but what I do is I set I set the, the person up for a LeBron-style block by me, you know, where I come from behind and I grab it off the backboard. Yeah, but then you forget to do that part. But the first part, you definitely do. <laughs> yes, all true. I don't know why I'm being so mean to you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I had to get my I had to get my uh, the top of my hip resurfaced, like my femur bone. I had to get my hip socket rebuilt, Oof. and I had to get my labrum sewn back together. Oof. And um, and then I wo- then I and I couldn't feel parts of my leg because of the traction where they stretch your leg so they can get in there and all my nerves are slowly growing back together so i can feel my leg again and then i woke up in a hospital and then they were like closing down they were like we gotta go it was like i had two hours and then they were like i was the last person in the hospital the surgery was three and a half hours okay 
Anyway, and then um, my dad like came leave, to help can me. You, can you turn off the lights when you leave, Grandma? <laughs> You're like, okay. Yeah. No. And then, uh, <laughs> then it was just a, It was just my dad's great. I really appreciate him coming to help and take care of me. But you know, it's just a guy, me on oxycotton, and uh, a seventy-five-year-old man who's not used to big cities in New York. I'm just trying to navigate that all the way home, getting the prescriptions. Blood running down my leg. It was tough. It was tough. But we got through it. Um, my dad stayed for a few days after the surgery to get me get me over the hump. And um, it's funny. You know, my brother is also laid up because he slipped on the ice. Tough winter for the K-Boys. Oh, man. Um, I have done nothing. I posted videos about my surgery and about gigs I missed and all that. Um, my brother. I miss the sirens of New York. Continue. I know. Yeah, my brother. Uh, I called the hospital because I have to go to the bathroom, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want them to take a picture of it just for fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want them to carry me to the toilet. But uh, I, th- anyway, the uh, my brother has not complained once. He just <laughs> he hasn't looked for sympathy. He's just tough. He just never complains. I ask him, how's it going? He's like, great. His wounds haven't even healed yet. He had to have surgery and get 14 pins put in. And it's like, not a complaint. Not one peep. He's like, it doesn't hurt as much as it used to. And all I've been doing is complaining and looking for sympathy online. Calling up every ex-girlfriend of yours. To, uh, I'm dying. I heard you just had surgery. Yeah. Is it heart surgery? No, it's my hip. I think you'll be able to survive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe, but could you pick me up some Uber Eats and come see me? <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. He's tougher than me. Peter, my brother, is officially tougher than me. And I think a lot of it has to do with that he has a s- autism. I think he's just, he's like a no-nonsense guy. And I think that he doesn't feel pain as much as I do. Um, he's just, you know, he's got a great attitude. Um, I have a I have a, a mediocre attitude. I feel like he's a no-nonsense guy. You're more of a nonsense guy. I'm a nonsense guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all nonsense. <laughs> Um, that's so funny it's very true i he is no nonsense i am all nonsense my whole life is nonsense that's good that he's doing good man that's good we're having a hard nonsense guy (laughs) um we're having a hard time with our daily calls with with jj um the, the time difference is you know so I'm a comedian, so, you know, sometimes shows start late, whatever. And so, like, yesterday he called me 6 a.m., which is a little early for a video <laughs> call. You know, my hair looks insane, and I'm like, hello. And then it's like, are you okay? Yeah, no, this is a good time to call. I'm fine. You know, I, it's, I, I remember kind of that they were going to call, but also, you know, I'm still in a dead sleep because uh, I didn't get to bed till yeah. you know, 1. But, um, and I'm not a farmer, so I wasn't up at 5. But yeah, um, peak rim. <laughs> but I think he's doing good. You know, he's doing good. He's uh, doing his little, he's singing his little song and, and playing along to his videos. And 
it's it's very um he's in, he's in a rush to get off the phone it's very cat in the cradle if you remember that song cat in the cradle like uh he's too busy for me kind of thing which is really funny and uh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a that's a great little song i'm trying to be like you dad it's pretty funny pretty funny song mm-hmm. now did you and your dad talk at all while he was there about um Pete and, and long-term stuff. Does that, does that come up? I know your dad's have kind of a steer for first conversations about the big war, but uh, do you guys No, we didn't talk about that at all. Okay. Um, I did talk about it with my mother recently. I think at Christmas, maybe over the phone actually fairly recently. And she, in, I, you know, in, in my, I mean, I'm not, my dad and I are trying to get my mom to exercise more. So um, she lasts longer. Yeah. And I and I texted my mom kind of joking, like being like, you know, I don't want to I'm not ready to move back up to Ottawa and take care of Peter. And she just wrote back, you fool. Why do you <laughs> think we set everything up uh, and work so hard? So Peter has a support system and, you know, he'll have money coming in and enough to pay for his rent and food and uh, blah, 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 blah. And I just don't think she fully i think she's in denial i don't think she fully appreciates so wait i like, understand she's saying you fool like you need to come up here or you're full we don't need you graham you are stupid for thinking you will have to move back to ottawa oh, once it. we die okay. got it or I'll go to a home or whatever got it um and and i you know i peter broke his ankle and guess what he needed full-time care for like a month from my family, from my parents. So who's going to do that? It's going to be me. Mm, not on crutches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just the nonsense you know? and the no-nonsense brothers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid... My grandma from Slovakia, Peter would always break stuff, and I'd always fix it. And she would go, Peter is the breaker. You are the fixer. <laughs> That's cute. I remember that. That's cute. Well, he's got, what, a but, month left uh, before he gets the pins out? What's he have left? Oh, pins are in for life. Uh, oh, really? But he, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought they take those he, out for uh, some reason. No, no, no. He thought so too. <laughs> my parents were like, no. My doctor's like, they're in. He's like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, man. He will. He'll have trouble going through like metal detectors and stuff now. It's like a lot of metal in there. You have to like completely rebuild his ankle. That's how yeah, tough he is. You just have to explain like, to him. You're, you're Iron Man. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he'll he get pissed. He'll be pissed if you say you're Iron Man. He'll be like, I'm like Peter Parker, Spider Man. <laughs> I'm not like Iron Man. All right, man. Okay. Um, well, you know, sometimes being able to express yourself, you know, people, uh, the lack of being able to express themselves, people confuse with uh, with uh, with him being able to process it. But uh, it kind of leads us into our article for the day. Yeah. This was in the uh, the Guardian. I am in a Commonwealth country, so I'm getting all of the UK. Uh, Mama Bear articles or t- links. Uh-huh. So this was uh, uh-huh. in the Guardian. Hot big, big, Canada, as I call Australia. 
Yeah, I, you do. I call Australia a uh, Canada in a thong. <laughs> That's good. That's better. <laughs> Sexier. <laughs> it's it's like you guys, but uh, just all tanned up and and semi nude. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have no desire to go to Australia just because I'm from Canada. It's like I've already been to Canada. No, it's like a warmer Canada. No, no, no. It's it's uh it's it's worth a visit. You've never been. I'm not a. I'm not like I'm. I'm not a nature person. I'm a culture person, and I, every Australian I met, it's like, I, yeah, you're like us. Mm, but I don't know. Melbourne, they got great coffee culture. It's great. Sydney's very much like Hong Kong, very diverse. It's like thirty percent, forty percent Asian. Yeah, so I don't think it's what you think. It's pretty cool. Okay. You know, they call Vancouver Hongcouver. It's kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you say that? I don't think that's racist. Is that racist? Honk- I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Anyway, um, as a white article. man, I can safely say no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> As two yeah. middle-aged white men, let's make yeah, a decision yeah. on it. Uh, people love that. Uh, we equate verbal fluency with intelligence, says Angie Kim, mm, who wrote a novel about a non-speaking autistic boy. What happens when you can't express yourself through speech, the writer of her new book, and her own experiences being unable to communicate? Almost two decades ago, I went to a medical conference to learn about treatment options for my son's uh, ul- oh boy, ul- ulcerative colitis. His doctor described an incident involving a non-speaking autistic teenage patient who overcame a su- who everyone assumed, excuse me, couldn't understand anything. His parents were mystified and frustrated because his repetitive behaviors included screaming, hitting his head against the wall, and were out of control. As they were telling the doctor that his teachers were sure that uh, this was a purely behavioral issue, the boy grabbed his sister's preschool alphabet toy and typed, help me, it hurts. It Im- I immediately teared up and couldn't stop thinking about this. Well, this is, of course, an emotional story that would affect any person, but it was acute for me personally because of what I'd gone through as an immigrant. We moved to the U.S. from South Korea when I was 11 and I didn't speak any English, and my parents had warned me that it would be frustrating at first not being able to understand or say anything. But it went beyond that. I became a different person in English. Back in Seoul, I had been a confident, outgoing girl. In Baltimore, I was babu. Babu, I think that's a Korean word. Stupid, timid, and most of all, ashamed. I recognize this for the first time, the deep-seated prejudice so many of us carry. We equate verbal fluency with intelligence. This intensified when I learned English to the point where I could understand it, but Mm. still couldn't speak it. When you can't speak, others assume you can't understand. Kids make fun of my heavy accent and my broke, quote-unquote broken English right in front of me. This was more than 40 years ago, and I can still recall it even now and feel the burn of humiliation. I just think my experience has nothing compared with a lifelong condition of the boy from the conference. I knew I'd eventually learn English, and in the meantime, I still had an outlet in Korean. I couldn't imagine how much trauma this boy must have endured, having words and thoughts locked deep within him, Fearing he would never be able, uh, never, excuse me, have an outlet for any form or language for the rest of his life. From that time in the conference, I thought this boy was an anomaly, but then I started hearing about therapists who approach children's so called severe nonverbal autism from a new perspective, asking, What if the speech issues are due to motor challenges, not cognitive, de- not cognitive defects, apraxia rather than intellectual disability? What if they work together to strengthen their motor skills and sensory regulations to teach them to point to letters? Now, 
this is Kirk speaking, not the article. I had a friend who I played college basketball with, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Ross Bennett, big man, about six nine, and um, his. I remember his sister telling me, you know, at that time we were in our thirties already, that he didn't speak until he was six, and and that they would talk about him, you know, when he was there, be like he can't speak, and then one day out of nowhere he's like, they think I can't speak. Those were his first words. <laughs> well, wow. just very. What in the world? Yeah, they think that for a reason. That's the first thing you've ever said. But uh, yeah, very interesting. So that would be, uh, yeah, I always had a you know a hope that someday JJ would just, you know, yeah. be able to. Yeah. Thanks so much for calling, Dad. Uh, these calls mean a lot to me. I uh, yeah. I know I know you're overseas, but uh, I know you're coming next month. Thing, I appreciate the effort. Bring me some uh, Captain Crunch with the berries. I like those better, or whatever. That'd be terrific. Anyway. The results yeah. are startling. Children started expressing themselves verbally by spelling out uh, uh, spelling out words, not just communicating with basic wants and needs like I want ice cream and my head hurts, but essays about history, poetry, and their experience of feeling pr- imprisoned in their bodies. These pieces were so beautifully written, I was ashamed to admit I questioned their authorship at first, wondering how much of their therapists were quote-unquote helping. It didn't help that the first thing I read when I Googled these speech therapies by specifics by skeptics claiming that they were all shams. The children were puppets with the therapists cueing them on or worse, moving their hands. I decided to research the therapies in earnest beyond merely reading about them and reached out to local families and therapists. My doubts went away as I watched videos, observed sessions and eventually communicated directly with the children sitting next to them as they slowly moved their own arms to answer my questions and asked their own and asked their own pointing to letters on boards. They held steady, pointing to letters on boards held steadily by their therapists in front of them. I met kids who had participated in a peer-reviewed, published study at the University of Virginia that tracked eye movements of non-speaking autistic spellers and determined that they were looking at and selecting each letter themselves, not looking at the therapist for clues. They began teaching creative writing to several groups, and I was in awe as I watched them respond to my prompts. All the thoughts that had been stored in their heads for so long coming out in beautiful, polished sentences. The more I learned, the Holy more... Holy crap. I know, right? What do you think about that? Because I've been curious about that, how, too, if there's been therapists helping. How is this different... Right. But how is this different than, than pa- PAX? What's it called? Yeah, this is a version of that, but like PAX is usually pictures. PEX. That's usually pictures. Pecs. It's like yeah. car, uh, grocery store. And this is like you know, an actual... Um, my understanding is an actual uh, alphabet, and they go C A R. Well, so you could like type a whole. You could say whatever you want if you can spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. This is like that kid we talked about a couple weeks ago, or a couple months, maybe a month ago now, who did, wrote a whole symphony. Yeah. Yes. They were like they taught him. I think they taught him a very similar thing. And he's like, um, I've been in here the whole time. I love classical music, and I've written an entire symphony in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like really good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The thing is, right? If you're if you're fully there intellectually, and you've got nothing but time, so if you wanted to dedicate right. it to do something, you could definitely do something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This article is not too long. I'm gonna I'm gonna power through this. Uh, but even more than that, I was inspired by the amazing community of spellers and wanted to include people like them in my work. I created a story about a biracial Korean-American family with a 14-year-old boy, Eugene, who has autism, and 
angel man syndrome and cannot speak. Um, excuse me. What a name for a syndrome. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's angel. It's a, it's a real thing, though. I think. I don't sure. know if we've covered this, but I've had people come up to the show. Other, right? other syndromes. People with other syndromes would be like, all right, angel man syndrome. Think you're uh, better should, than me? We should probably call ours that, too. <laughs> it's a very Seinfeld, Seinfeld syndrome joke I just did. Yeah. When it, uh, sometimes when I'm down south in Texas or in the south somewhere, uh, and I'll do a joke that's a little bit too city-ish, I'll be like, some of you are looking at me like, you think you're better than me? And to that, I'd say, what part of Texas are you from? <laughs> if you're from Dallas, no, probably not. Austin, probably not. West Texas, maybe. <laughs> so rude. Okay. <laughs> Eugene and his family uh, go on a morning walk to uh, the nearby park, but only Eugene returns, and he can't spell. He can't tell the family or the police what happened. As the family is thrown into crisis, trying to communicate with Eugene any way they can, they take on a similar journey that I went on. A lot of questions, doubts, shock, guilt, and ultimately hope and inspiration. Even though my intentions were good, I was worried about the interpretation Sure, excuse me, the representation of non-speaker as a non-speaker. Sorry. Even though my intentions were good, I worried about the representation of a non-speaker, someone I am not. I shared this concern with my creative writing students who responded that they had read memoirs by spellers like Naoki Higashida's groundbreaking book, The Reason I Jump. You remember we talked about that probably three years ago now, but we covered that and this was but no novels featuring spellers. And they, they encouraged me to keep writing, uh, uh, waiting, to f waiting to see full multi-dimensional multi -dimensional, non-speaking speller slash speller characters in more novels to let the world know that people like them are a part of society and deserve to be seen and respected. Call, so I kept so going. Someone, someone who speaks that way is called a speller? That's how they're referring to themselves, yeah. Okay. I was just trying to just look for a non-speaker slash speller. Okay. Which I guess makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Um, I lost my spot. Here we are. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I kept going, sharing drafts of my novel with multiple people in the speller, autism, and angelman communities over the next many months, hoping it would help shed light on the growing community of people who have been underestimated for so long. Not just through the story itself, but through other ways, too. For the audiobooks, Eugene's words were read by, uh, quote, autistic Tom, uh, autistic Tom, excuse me, Perun, a speller who can read out written words. That's interesting. They call it a speller. Yeah, you're right. For the three book events, spellers served as my conversation partners on stage, and in many others, spellers in the audience used letter boards to comment and ask questions, prompting amazement from other audience members. Spellers who have participated in book clubs and written insightful book reviews, all generous acts of support, for which I am very grateful. The day after my U.S. is almost done. The day after my U.S. book launch, a TV crew spent the afternoon with my students and me. My prompt was, describe how you're feeling about being filmed for national television. One, t one student typed out in his iPad, the sounds of our silent voices will reverberate throughout the world. Very oh, cute. Cheers. Jeez. Very cute article. Well, Grandma, yeah. what'd you think? I, um, I mean, it's it's it underscores that there are different. There needs to be different words, different names. 
I like the spellers idea though. Well, there needs to be di- yeah, sure. That's yeah, but there needs to be different names for the different levels of people on the spectrum. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's just yeah, not yeah. all under autism is my point. It's like that person who wrote the sounds of our silent voices will reverberate throughout history <laughs> does not belong in the same category as my brother or my son. You know. Yeah. These these are this is this is God it it is it is a incredible story it is a also a happy story and a very sad story you just read that these people were trapped uh, behind this wall um, what, a hope, what a hopeful story yeah yeah well it's very happy it's very happy that in, in the sense that they're not trapped anymore and people take them seriously and you see that the I mean, it would be so frustrating. Also, cognitively, just be able to communicate. Their brain is probably just firing and growing. It's like any muscle. The more you use it, the more it grows. They just must feel great mentally right now, you know. And um, it's and they're I mean, these, these people are obviously very intelligent. And 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 anyway, it's just it's it's such a. A, an interesting and hard to pin down um, thing, autism. That autism is. I yeah. mean, I really search for a word of what what do you what's what what do you call it? I'm just going to say thing so I don't insult people. But it's just it's hard. It's just a, there's just so many different types. Speller. You know. Yeah. What does that make you feel as a father of a nonverbal? Um, does it give you hope? Does it just make you frustrated? Does it make you you just think, "Well, ah, it's different." I, I, mean, I know want, I know they're different, the so I'm not going to get yeah. The truth is, it makes me feel guilty that you're like you know. You of course hope that you've done everything you can to get him out of his you know, bubble or trapped body or whatever. And so you hope, you know, I know we've tried things out there. Every time I read something like this, the, the truth is it makes me feel like complicated, like guilty, like, oh, maybe I should, you know, y- you and I are, leave, uh, live very um, busy lives and uh, I've got a lot going on today even, but um, it makes me feel like, okay, I should take this article, try to, you know, so, because it's not as simple as, oh, try it on your son. Like, yeah, that's a good idea. But, you know, he lives in a, and I, and I should, and he lives in a, in a home. And so I need to like figure out a way to get this to the, the AIDS and see again about, you know, and we've done this throughout the years several times. And so it just makes me feel like I hope. Did they ever follow through? The, the. the Did the um, AIDS ever go like, oh yeah, we'll try it. And then they try it. Well, try what? Holding up a thing with the alphabet? That's what I'm saying. Try what exactly? Because we've tried the so many different things. The last thing that you sent them. Uh, you said you've sent them stuff throughout the years when you come across something like this. Yeah. What is he, their reaction? So, so they're usually very positive about it. Part of the thing is with him is he's very disinterested in everything. And so it's like hard to know, like, is he disinterested because he doesn't understand? Or is he being a little lazy? Is he being... You know, so it's, I feel like the, they're, this story specifically, they're telling a story of somebody trapped who wanted to get out versus my mm-hmm. story is, is of a man who's, tr- I don't know if he's trapped, but he's for sure is very disinterested in 
changing his life routine of he likes his little you know videos and he likes to so i don't know that's how it makes me feel which is like a complicated feeling obviously i don't i i mean i would like to i would i, I wonder i just i i it, it makes if you have a symphony in your head i don't think you're watching veggie tales every day that's the thing that's that's what i need to you know that's the thing yeah i agree you know i you wouldn't be interested in veggie tales that's what i think so the yeah so i think he's got an intellectual disability as well as he's got profound autism but i think there's something else going on and so because when he wants to type guess what he can type out the full word veggie tales madam blueberry you know that episode that so he, he can already do it Oh yeah, he can. Yeah, we've took, we've covered this. He can already talk. I, I know this. I know this. I yeah. know. But he and he. But, but you know, he, didn't he figure he that out himself? Choose, he figured it out himself, and he doesn't choose to do that with anything else. It's just the half a dozen right. things he likes. That is what he'll type. Mm-hmm. And you don't know if he's just memorized the V goes here. Like I don't he's know. Not I don't spelling know. it out. Yeah. Well, I do know this. We've caught him like googling pizzas. <laughs> 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 Look at that. That's a good one. Look at that. That looks like that a is delicious one. That's his porn. That's so fantastic and sweet and beautiful. I love Ooh, that. That looks like an all meat pizza. I like that too. Dude, that he's so delicious. cute. He's so cute, man. What a sweet boy. Oh, look at that. That's a, I think that's a cheese bread. Cheese crust pizza. Ooh. That's a good one. Daddy likes that. Yeah. That's a good. Look at that cheese pull. Hello. <laughs> uh, and he Googles computers. He'll look up laptops. So it's like, oh, I could use that to look up my pizzas. Look at that. So look, there you go. <laughs> That's interesting. So, yeah. So those those articles all make me feel super complicated because it's the unknown, right? And, um, yeah. So I'm hoping someday he keeps progressing. And, yeah. Anyway. As You're always, doing great. Us, thanks, man. I'm trying my best. Send us your stories, guys. If you have similar stories, um, just a reminder, we're look, still looking for people to guess on the podcast. Uh, I know I've been, I've got a couple messages and I've just been really crazy busy, but I, I, I send them again. We're work, if you know, if, if, you, if you've got articles that you like to like for us to cover or suggestions for, for uh, topics du jour, um, we'd love to hear them. KirksmithComedy at Gmail. Feel free to email me. Um, as always, it really helps me if you watch and share my videos on YouTube or Facebook. I'm also on Instagram if you're under 35. And um, and uh, what's the last one? TikTok if you're under 25. I'm on all of them. Kirk Smith Comedy. What's going on with you, buddy? Oh, yeah. And I should I say I'm, in, you- I'm doing shows all week at the Comedy Store in Sydney. And next week I've got 25 shows in Perth. Come out and see Holy a show. Holy jumping. Making that sweet, sweet uh, Australian money. What's going on with you, buddy? It's exchange rate. It's killing me. I'm taking a bath on this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm doing nothing. I uh, got my hip socket re- refinished, so I'm... Uh, Your hips don't lie. You know, lying in my bed. I I bathe every two days. It's a big deal. Today was a, today was a, a shower day. I have a, a seat that I shower in. Um, you know what, folks? In May, I'm going to be in Arizona at Stir Crazy. And, you know, that'll be fun for you. That'll be great. Um, in, um, yeah, I, 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 
April. I got stuff coming up in April. I'm go. Oh, I'm going to be in Houston, Texas, in April, going to the Riot Festival. Uh, so come to Houston. Um, I'm going to be opening up for Napier Gazi in April. I'm going to be going to Austin, Texas, for the first time in my life. Um, April 25th. I'm going to be headlining the Creek and the Cave in Austin. That is a Thursday, April. 25th Austin, Texas. Love it. Come check me out. And then the following weekend, I'm going to be at Stir Crazy in Arizona. It's been my Southwest tour, baby. Love it. Graham's new hip. These hips do lie. That's what that tour is going to be called. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> the yeah. play on Shakira's Hips Don't Lie song. It'd be great. I know. I got it. <laughs> That's it, guys. Have a great week. You can do it. Bye bye. <laughs>